Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you that your mercy overrules judgment upon our lives. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for ministering angels. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we are not missing you in this year. We thank you for anointing our eyes. We thank you for boldness. We thank you that you are our ever-present help in times of trouble. We thank you for giving us Jesus. We thank you that you love us, you chose us, you selected us. We thank you that you call us your child. And we thank you that we can call you our Father. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Wow, we thank God for yet another day. We thank God for the wisdom to live every day in the reality that our days on earth are but for a moment. So while we are in the day season of our life, we would work the works of him who has sent us. Our meat, our desire, our satisfaction is to do the work of him who has sent us and to accomplish it. This is what God expects from us. We are continuing our study and God willing tonight is our final episode of At the Gate of Samaria from 2 Kings chapter 7, a very fantastic story. And we ended up last week looking at the fact that God used four leopards to change the economy of an entire nation. And we went through the process by which God used these four leopards. And we looked at the fact that these people made the decision. It was not a prayer that changed the scenario. Even though there was a prophetic declaration, it does not end in the place of prayer. In fact, it starts in the place of prayer. But these people, these four lepers, for one reason or another, were sensitive enough and were available for God that despite their situation, they took a decision. And I'm believing God that after last week's episode, everybody who listened has taken that particular decision that you need to take. I'm believing God that you appreciate the importance of your choices. And the Bible said that at twilight, they rose up. A twilight is just before evening, around 4.35 to 6. These people rose up. They did not say, you, let's, let's wait for today to end. The next morning we'll go, as many of us would have done. You see, many of us need to appreciate the fact that God's word to us is time-sensitive. You don't have the whole day to respond or your whole lifetime to respond to the call of God. In fact, I love what Jesus told Judas. He said, what you have planned to do, go and do it quickly. Hurry up and go and do it. (laughs) We need to appreciate the fact that God's word to us is time sensitive. You don't have eternity to decide to respond to the call of God. So the Bible said that when these people made the decision at twilight, regardless of the time of the day, you may be 40, you may be 50, you may be 30, you may be 60, you may be 70. Whenever the call of God comes, that is the best time to respond. So throughout scripture, we see God use teenagers like Jesus, like Joseph, like David, like Daniel. We see God people who are having uh, what they call uh, midlife crisis. <laughs> you see God use who are old, midlife crisis, like people like Moses at the age of 40. He didn't really know what's up with his life. 
You see, God used old men like people like Noah, like people like Abraham. Throughout the scripture, even the, 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 the disciples that Jesus called, they were young ones like John, and they were old ones like Peter. And that was the time that they called them. So whenever God calls you, regardless of how long you may have delayed, the best time to answer is now, regardless of the season of life. But I'm praying for us that it will not take us a lifetime to respond to the call of God. It will take us a lifetime. And tonight, we just want to draw down the curtains to this exciting series, focusing on these four leopards. I always, I always say this, that there must be something special about the people God decides to use. And one of the activities we did that I love so much is Joseph, the man God chose. And in that episode, we look at the fact that when God needed a foster father for Jesus, there was something special about Joseph. That even though nothing, even though a lot was not written about Joseph, the few things that were written about him gives us a hint, an idea as to why God chose Joseph. And in that episode, we're able to identify at least 10 things that made Joseph unique. And I'm believing that if you have not listened to that episode, right now is a good time to go and listen to Joseph the man God chose. So we want to look at the four leopards. Initially, it was supposed to be a two-part series. But as I was just looking at the scripture again, I asked myself that, why did God choose these four leopards? Like there must be something special about them. And tonight, we just want to zero in on these four leopards and peruse their life in order to find out what was unique about them and why God chose them. So we would just um, focus on them for tonight. We won't read the whole scripture. And as usual, it's interesting that these people, a lot is not written about them. But the few things that is written about them opens us to the world of the quality of people the people God chose to use were. So let's look at So in 2 Kings chapter 7, we are starting from the verse, or we'll just read two verses. That's the verse 3 and the verse 4, then the verse 8. So let's go. So the verse 3 and the verse 4. And there were four leprous men, and we looked at the fact that immediately an, a prophetic declaration was released. One would think that the next thing you see was an Greek expert or an army general. But the next line after the prophetic declaration were four leopards. It's interesting. So, and there were four leopards at the entering in of the gate. And they said to one another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we shall also die. Now therefore come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us, we live. But if they kill us, we die. And they rose up at twilight to go onto the camp of the Syrians. Now let's just skip to the verse um, 8. And when these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, they went into the tent and did eat and drink. And they carried dead silver and gold and remnants and went and hid it. And came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also, and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, We do not well in this day. This day is a good day, a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till morning light, some mischief would come upon us. Now therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called together the porter of the city. So we just end 
over here. These few verses about the four lepers tells us something incredible about the personality of these four lepers. And that's what we want to just peruse tonight. I don't know how many things we'll be able to learn, but point number one, these were people that were segregated from the city because of their situation, which was no fault of theirs, I'm assuming. In the sense, I'm assuming that they were born lepers. Let's say that they were not even born lepers, but they had it they got into contact with the pathogen for leprosy. But these were people that, because of their situation, they were separated or they were put at the outskirts of the city. But regardless of their situation, these people were not angry at life. These people were not angry at the Samarians. That, hey, we were all of you, so if let's take the scenario that they were not born lepers, these were people that were friends, brothers, sisters, husbands to people in the community. And because they developed this disease, they have been sent to the outskirts of the city. But let's say that these were also born as lepers. They didn't choose to be born as lepers. This was what life threw at them. And these people had every right to be angry or to wallow in self-pity. And these are these people had every reason in life to give up on life. So these people were not angry about their situation. And because they had no ill emotions about their situation, they were able to take a quality decision in life. And they said to themselves, why are we sitting here? Why are we still remaining in the same situation and complaining about our situation? Amazing characters. You see, just last week, we had um, company games. We had a sporting um, activity for, for our colleagues at work. And I noticed something that we did, you know, we did um, linemen, spoons, sack race, and all those things. And as the event was going on, I observed something. And if I want to sound biblical, like the writer of, of Ecclesiastes, I observed something under the sun. And yay, I obtained wisdom. <laughs> but I noticed that whenever somebody took the lead in any event and a person fell down or the person, so if it was a lineman spoon, so let's say I'm going for 100 meters, I read that anybody who took the lead, let's say for about 60 meters or 40 meters, and the person's line fell down, most often than not, these people never finish the race as the winners. So I remember an incident a lady, for example, I think for about 40 meters, she was leading the line. Then her line fell down. She picked it up. And just about five meters, the line fell down again. About two or three attempts, she just gave up and said, Charlie, Charlie, the thing, I'm not going to win. And the same thing happened, I think, in a sack race or in a, in a race. Somebody fell down like twice. And when the person got up again, was like, Charlie, it's okay. But these were people who were leading the race or leading the event. But because of certain fall they had, they were actually like, okay. People have passed them because whenever they fell and they got up and they looked at the fact that they were leading the event, listen, by ten meters, but because of their fall, they had given up on life. And the Lord would minister to me as I sat there and we were giving ourselves fans and we were sharing. I also participated though, but I won't tell you what I, <laughs> what I did or how well I performed. But I realized that everybody who fell. When the person got up and realized that people had overtaken him or her, the person did not continue the race. And the Lord ministered to me and have you and said, Have you realized 
how people easily give up even though they may have started well. And I noticed that, that everybody who fell or, or, or stumbled at one point in any event, the person could not gather up enough energy to continue the race. Because when the person got up and realized that he or she had been overtaken, the person was like, what point is there? And the Holy Ghost told me that this is the attitude of many of us, even though we are the same ones who quote, a righteous man falleth seven times, and seven times he will arise. In practicality, many of us are unable to get up again in life. These four leopards were people that had nothing else to live for. And I'm saying, if you have not Googled leprosy, Google to see how their skin look like. It was an incurable disease, generally. So it's very difficult to pick up the pieces of life. You see, when you start a business and you fail, and you look at the money you have lost, and the time you have lost, it kills many people from being able to gather momentum to start another business again. That is why it takes something extraordinary to be a champion in life. Because many times you could fall, many times you will look as if you are taking the leap. So imagine after school, um, 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 three years, five years, you are able to start a successful business whilst your mates were looking for jobs. And maybe after the six years, something happened and the business had to close down. And the people that you were in quote ahead of your life have now got stable jobs and they were nearing um, a promotion at a big company. And you look at the fact that you literally have no work experience in a company because all you were doing after school was building your own company. And you look back and you're wondering, are you going to start again or you're not going to go for an interview? Eh? Where's your work experience? Go through all the rudiments. And this is the point that many people get stuck in life. But this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you are listening to this, God has given you a word that arise up again. I know you may have fallen once, especially in a relationship. I remember I was talking to a friend and he was dating someone for I think about three, four years. And after he broke up, he was like, he just doesn't have the energy to go through what's now is I think they call talking stage. You know, you meet somebody, oh, how are you? I'm fine. How many siblings do you have? Which school did you go to? You know, get it. It's like the person has lost the energy to go through the process again because the person has gone through it. And it's like, it's not going to start all over. Eh, I am Mr. Koju. I am a this, I am a that. I do this. He just felt, he just didn't have the energy any longer to go through again. So imagine this person was able to gather some energy and go through and maybe that relationship didn't feel. You can imagine how loss of zeal this person would have. That is why many ladies who have had such experiences, at the point they just accept anybody and decide to marry the person. Because they just don't seem to find the energy to go through the process again of getting to know the people thoroughly. And because they think what life or age is catching up at them, they end up making the wrong decision but not with these four leopards. They say that we know we are lepers. We know we have been ostracized. We know we have been abandoned. We know we are the gate. We are not even qualified. Even in times of famine, we are not even qualified to come into the city. But we will not sit here and die. Until you are able to deal with those ill emotions, you will be unable to take quality decisions. 
But because these four lepers had no sort of resentment or anger or bitterness about them, they were having the clear state of mind to be able to juxtapose between three situations and they took the best situation. That let us go into the camp of the saviors. If they spare us, we leave. But if they don't, we die. The four leopards. One thing amazing that I also noticed about these four leopards is that they were always in agreement. You know, whenever you are in a group, let's say a group of four, there's always one one, somebody who is not always optimistic. You know, somebody says about Ghanaians that hey, if you are doing something with Ghanaians, they will always give you the vim. Oh, make, make go do, let us go and do, let us go and do. But on that day, nobody will show up. But in all the two instances, that is in taking the decision to go to the camp of the Syrians, and when they got there and they realized that if they withhold this information, they will not do well. In taking those two critical decisions, none of them disagreed or none of them raised an objection. These four leopards knew the power of association because I can tell you that even one or two of them did not have the same like-mindedness as the others. The mission may have been impossible because two or one would have been able to discourage the Lord. And one would have said, Charlie, you, our own people, are sacking us. Do you think our enemies would give us food? Like, think about it. Let's say you are Ghanaian. Ghanaians have rejected you because of your leprosy. And let's say Ghana is fighting with Togo, God forbid. And I are telling you also that Ghana has rejected you. Let me go to Togo and go and beg for food as a leprous person. Think about it. But interestingly, in all these four leopards, none of them raised an objection to this to this suggestion. All four were like-minded. All four were like-minded. You see, in life, there are certain journeys you have to take alone. There are certain roads in life that are lonely roads. It's meant for you alone. But there are also journeys that you take with people. You have no choice about it. And when you are taking such a journey with people, most of us, the thing we focus on is on the skills of the people, the abilities of the people. But one thing that we fail to look out for is the like-mindedness of the people. So the Bible says in Amos 3, which we mostly quote for relationship and marriage, that can two work together, except the Yakri. But because these four leopards had the same value system, agreement was easy for them. Because they had the same value system, both of them, oh sorry, all four of them knew that there is no need to be angry at life. There is no need to be bitter. There is no need to remain in their situation. They, all of them had the same value system. So it was easy for all of them to take up the same journey and go with life with it. Unfortunately, these are not the things we look out for. What we look out for is forward experience. What we look out for is superficial and myopic things. One day I was reading a story, I think, on social media, how this particular company hired somebody who had wonderful credentials in, I think, marketing or so. But apparently this person, what I think was a lady, what this person goes to do is that she just goes to work in the company, then she has a way of um, misbehaving. Then when they're trying to sack her or something, then 
in a contract she has something so in almost all the companies she works for she ends up um um filing a lawsuit against them and almost ends up winning because they end up um voting in a contract one way or the other and so the person who was sharing this story on social media raised the point that the person has learned that it is not necessarily about the skills or the ability you have but about the value system that the person has so i like football and all there's a particular club i won't mention the club's name <laughs> but the club is in england and this club is not performing well and if you look at the individual players in the team they are excellent players expensive players <laughs> one of them was the most expensive player <laughs> to be bought in a particular position so if you look at the individual person the goalkeeper excellent the defenders individually they are brilliant the midfield brilliant the striker they have one of the best goal scorers but if you look at them collectively you realize that this is one of the worst team that have existed in that football club's history the dish the issue is each of these players have a different value system so even though they are a group of talented people they are a group of skillful people their hearts regarding the club is in the wrong place so most of the players have been in the team for years and they have not won anything significant yet still these are the ones causing trouble sucking managers inciting the media inciting supporters performing poorly day in day out even though as individuals they are skillful and it's this the mistake we also make when we are looking out for friends when we are looking out for business partners when we are looking out for employers we look at the wrong things in life that is why paul says that we know no man after the flesh do not know people after the flesh do not know people after their academic accolades after their beauty after their appearance but know people for the state of their heart and the bible rules that how will you know the state of somebody's heart so god himself said that man looks on the outward but god looks on the inward but thank god you are a child of god and you have access to the gifts of word of knowledge to the gifts of the discernment of spirit to be able to decipher people and this is very important because if you take a journey with the wrong people in life you are going to mess up yourself this is something that you must appreciate in whatever agenda you are doing as little as it may seem you will meet the right people but what you are supposed to look out for is the value systems of the people do these people value honesty do these people value punctuality you see especially in the christian setting what we mostly look out for is in quote anointed people people who can pray a lot but without character people who can prophesy but without a good conscience so you be shocked to realize powerful powerful people who can do terrible things like it was a lot pastors of the days of Jesus who crucified Jesus the scribes the pharisees the teachers of the law imagine I was god he will quoting disciples for Jesus would I go to the scribes would I go to the pharisees would I go to the sadducees these were knowledgeable people but god went to fishermen but god went to tax collectors but god went to people that nobody else would choose and i've learned that by experience Actually, do not be deceived by people's CV because most often than not, they are just going to break your heart. 
It's a tough lesson that life will teach you. And even at work, I look at it sometimes. You see some of the people that we recruit at, at work, so the institution recruits. These people are brilliant CVs. But after you start working with them for a while, you realize that no, there's more to them than that fantastic CV. And may God give us the eye. And may God deliver us from myopicness in our decisions. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. The next thing we want to learn about these wonderful four leopards is what they did after they found the camp empty. The Bible said they ate and they drank and they went to hide some of the things because they were not sure what was going on. So that was the first tent they went to. They went to the second tent and they realized that the tent is empty. But all four of them again, so here again, see, all four of them took the same decision that we are not doing well. If today be a day of good tidings, we are withholding this thing from the Samaritans or from our people. Now, appreciate these things. These are people that have been ostracized by their own people. Yet, when they found a good thing, they told themselves that we do not do well if we withhold this information from the people. Ah, what a wonderful people are these people. No, I just can't imagine maybe maybe in a Ghanaian. Ghanaians have rejected me. Maybe I'm a footballer and 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 walk up and miss the penalty. <laughs> and Ghanaians have lambasted me. Ghanaians are even somewhere to burn my house. You know, they miss some football fans can be so insensitive. Then maybe I become a coach in another club and I discover a Ghanaian talent who qualifies for let's say Ghana and Germany. And I'm rather investing my energy in convincing these young Ghanaian talents to play for Ghana. Upon all what Ghana has done to me, you realize that it is rare for people to think like this. But not so with these four leopards. They said, today is a day of glad tidings. We do not do well if we withhold this good news from the people who sat this out of the city. Ah, when I was reading this thing, I just stopped and I was brooding over this thing. I said, God, give me a heart of these four leopards. No wonder God chose them. No wonder God chose them. There's so much I can say about this act. But I want to just summarize it in one thing, which I'm finding very critical as I'm living every day that God has given me. These were people that have conscience ruled by the Holy Spirit. That's how I want to describe them. And I got this, this phrase from Romans chapter 11. Paul uses this phrase, Romans 11 verse 1. And I found this phrase so important in dealing with people. Romans chapter 9 verse 1. Romans 9 verse 1. I, I would really appreciate it if you could look at this scripture. It's a very important scripture. Initially, I want to do a whole series on just this verse. But when I was looking at the four letters, I said, well, a good opportunity to show us this verse. Paul is saying that I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at another version. Romans 9 verse 1. And I read, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. 
my conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. That's NIV. King James says, my conscience also bury me witness in the Holy Spirit. And the verse that says, my conscience ruled by the Holy Spirit bears me witness. Honey, the most important thing that you should develop as an individual and you should look out for in people is people that have their conscience ruled by the Holy Spirit. So you see these people, they realize that their conscience break them, that if they have found a good thing and they hide it from the people of the city, something evil would befall them. They just had a feeling, they just had a knowing that it is not right to withhold this good thing from the people. And I like the way Paul puts it that a conscience, he says, I'm speaking the truth. I line up my conscience bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. People have smeared conscience in this world. You see, sometimes I know we sing some songs like, Do not be afraid of evil spirits, be afraid of men. So in she we say, Men throw nipa, men throw someone. Don't be afraid of witches or evil, but be afraid of human beings. Sometimes we may not appreciate such statements, but until on a daily basis you get into contact with people that live as though they do not have a conscience, the more you would appreciate how rare and valuable it is to have such people in your life. You must appreciate and you yourself, most importantly, you yourself, you listening to me, you must be a person who has his conscience ruled by the Holy Spirit. Because every day, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 1, that in the last days, talking about what happened, and the reason why the last days will be full of so much evil, so much pain, so much depression, is because men... So that for men shall be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, rather lovers of God. Men, men, men. The reason why times are going to be extremely hard is not because of the world, the air we breathe, but it's because of men. You'll be surprised to know that people have smeared conscience. Sometimes you will wonder how people sit there and have absolutely nothing to do but then to cook up lies against people for no reason. Sometimes it's not as if maybe they are competing for their slots. You know, sometimes you say for the sake of politics, I want something, you also want something. And the only way I'm going to get it is to paint you evil. Sometimes for no reason, people will just cook up lies against people. You know, I remember I've said this before, that occasionally I listen to a Christian show on radio in the evenings that has a relationship talk. And sometimes I look at the scenarios people are describing and you ask yourself, are they married to human beings or they are married to monsters? How can you, as a husband or as a wife, treat your spouse with so much evil, so much insensitivity? It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. And don't look too far. I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking to you. And God is talking to me. Sometimes we can be so insensitive to people. And we don't even know it. Because that is now has become our natural estate. But God is saying that put off the old man. And put on the new man which is renewed in Christ. 
Sometimes you see, one thing that I've always had in my mind is that the day, the saddest days in my life are the days people correct me that the Holy Ghost did not tell me, in quotes. Before you come and tell me something wrong that I did, the Holy Ghost must have told me. And I get very, very depressed if I receive a genuine correction about something that the Holy Ghost did not tell me. It means that I was not listening to the Holy Spirit because there is no way the Holy Ghost will ignore my flaws. There is no way. So by the time you are coming to tell me something, the Holy Ghost has already told me that, Charlie, that that day I did not do well. I was envious. I was jealous. I was greedy. I was insensitive. I was ungrateful. But if somebody comes to tell me, for instance, like I was being ungrateful about a particular scenario, and the Holy Ghost did not already tell me about it, I begin to become scared. The scariest state I'm dreading never to get is to get to a state where my conscience is not ruled by the Holy Spirit. When you can be selfish and not know it. When you can be ungrateful and not know it. When you can be proud and not know it. When you can be angry and bitter and cause people pain and not know it. It's amazing how some of us can live life like this. Especially people go to church and are exposed to the word of God on a constant basis. It amazes me. It amazes me. It amazes me how some of us have stinking characters, stinking attitudes, stinking behaviors for years. And we don't know. You know, one day I was talking to someone and the person was telling me how she knows somebody who is, who is pregnant and the husband, because of work, the husband has to be traveling. And no family relative wants to come and assist this person while she's in the eighth month to the ninth month because of the person's terrible behavior. And this is somebody in her thirties. So the person was saying that, was telling the lady that, young lady, have you realized that nobody is around you? Your grandmother has rejected you in course, not rejected you, but your grandmother doesn't want to come. Your nephews, your nieces, nobody wants to come. And the person was telling this young lady that it's because of your character. This lady defended it with all her life. That eh, they are like, who are those saying that? Who are those saying that? And the person said that, why is it that now that you need someone, why don't you pick up the phone and call these various people? Why don't you call your grandmother? Why don't you call your cousin? Why don't you call your nephew? Why don't you call your niece? But you are calling me to call them. Why? Then the person was quiet. But this is somebody who has been living in a strong delusion for years. The person is arrogant. The person doesn't know how to speak. The person is ungrateful. The person is ill-mannered. And for 30-something years, a mother of children, she's still refusing that she's like this. And nobody in their life is allowed to help. Do not be in that kind of a state. Do not be like that person. And I'm praying, and pray, this is the kind of prayers you should be praying every day, that God should prune you. Because it's something different for you to be 12, 13, 15, 18, 19, 20, and to behave like that. Because, But for somebody who is in a 30s, married, and even the husband doesn't like staying together with her because of her attitude. Everybody, their mom calls her and talks to where your husband is complaining, the husband complains, the grandmother calls, everybody's talking. But she's the only one, so it's she against the world. It's amazing how people can be so hard and insensitive and unresponsive to the Holy Spirit. May you not be that kind of a person. May you never be that kind of a person. And may we never be that kind of a person.
Because you realize that these people, their hearts become hardened. So the Bible says in Proverbs that somebody that you rebuke severally and the person does not change, he has a stiff leg. Because the person is all his life has known that he am a sweet person. How can you all of a sudden come and tell me I'm ill-mannered? That is why you can see people in their 50s, in their 60s, and you look at people in influential position, and you look at the children they bring up, the things they tell their children, and you realize that something was wrong somewhere. These are people who do not have conscience, ruled by the Holy Spirit. How can you decide to marry someone and abandon the person? You decided that I'm going to love you and you leave the person for no reason at all, just to chase after a fantasy. How can you be in the leadership position of the country and your salary and your allowances is already more than enough than you would ever spend? And yet, the little resource that has been entrusted into your hands for the people of the nation, you squander it on little girls, you squander it on lust, you squander it on properties that you yourself will never spend. Your conscience is dead. But these four lepers had a conscience and they said to themselves, even though these people have sat us out of the town, it is evil of us to withhold this good news from these people. You have not yet found a beloved or a spouse. Do not be swayed away by looks, by how the person will speak. Oh, yes, please. Oh, darling. Oh, boo. Or how the person cooks. But look out for people who have a conscience. People who on themselves can come to the realization and pick up the phone and say, honey, I think yesterday I didn't speak to you properly. I want to apologize. Look out for people that when you are observing the person, the person is kind towards his or her friends. And when the person makes a mistake, the person is able to realize because the Holy Ghost lives in each and every one of us. And in Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says that whosoever the Lord, the Father loves, he chastens. So if you are somebody who God does not chasten, God does not rebuke, then God does not consider you a child. Frankly speaking, the church is not the place where we only address your needs, but the church is the place where we must let you grow. And these are things that we hardly hear in our churches today. So we have so many blessed people, but they have nothing, no resemblance to Christ. They cannot be corrected. God, when was the last time the Holy Spirit rebuked you? When was the last time the Holy Spirit told you that your thoughts were full of lust. When was the last time the Holy Spirit told you that you were being lazy? When was the last time? So you realize that for most of us, we don't remember any instance when the Holy Ghost told us that we are being ungrateful. Pick up the call and call that person and say thank you. If these things have never happened to you, this is God's word to you. May your conscience be ruled by the Holy Spirit. Frankly speaking, frankly speaking, that is why the quiet time is an important time in a, in a believer's life. And sometimes this one is every day you must be reflective on your life. Frankly speaking, every day I'm going to work in the car, I'm always thinking. You see, look at the story about David. The Bible talks about David. That One day David was there and David asked himself that, is there somebody in the household of Saul? and I show kindness. How would this thought come to David? So David was just there. He was thinking about the various people who have helped him in his life. And he realized that there was one man named Jonathan who literally risked his life for me. And David arose and said, no, there must be somebody I can pay back the kindness of. 
You see, you must be somebody who every day you must sit down. You must remember that uncle. You must remember that auntie. You must remember that friend in first year, that friend in final year who was there for you. But you'll be amazed how quickly you forget people who have helped you along the way. But these four leopards, they told themselves that we would do not well if we withhold this good news. Oh, I love these four leopards. And the next thing and the last thing about these four leopards, the Bible says that these four leopards knew that the people in the city were in famine. And these four leopards, frankly speaking, I love the statement they said they made. They said that something evil will befall us by tomorrow. <laughs> if we do not go and tell the people in the city about this good news, look at the mentality of these people. They said, so remember they left at twilight. So let's say they go to the camp around 7 p.m. or 6 p.m and they finish eating. And around 8 p.m., they realize that, Charlie, if we keep these things here, by tomorrow morning, something evil will befall them. If they don't go and go back and tell the city that we have found something good, look at the mentality of these four leopards. Is that the mentality you have towards the resources that God gives you? Look at the people in leadership positions. If everybody in leadership position had this mentality, that if they do not do right by the people that God has entrusted into them, by tomorrow, if by tomorrow morning something it will happen to them. And that very evening, that ve- I love the time consciousness of this four leopards. That very evening, they decided to go back to the city and tell them that challenge they have found a good thing. Look at the way people husbands treat their wives and their children. Look at the way wives treat their husbands and their children. If they knew. That by tomorrow morning, something evil will befall them. If they do not do right by the people that God has entrusted them, our life would have been a better place. It's so sad you see fathers who have given themselves unto alcohol despite their advice. People who have given themselves into lust because maybe they are now into an influential position and they feel like with a snap of the finger, they can get any lady in this world. Look at the way they become insensitive and they jeopardize the resources meant for a nation. But if they knew that something evil would befall them by tomorrow, if they do not do the right thing. Let's look at the statement David made in 2 Samuel 5 verse 12. I'm loving these four leopards. I'm, I've fallen in love with them. I think they are completing with Joseph. Look at the statement David's, David made in 2 Samuel 5 verse 12. Then David knew, oh Jesus, and David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Oh. And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Do you know the four leopards knew that the reason why they had entered into the camp of the Syrians and nobody was there, they knew it was not just for their stomach, but they knew it was for the people that rejected him. Do you know why God has blessed you? 
And David knew that the only reason why God established his throne was not because God wanted him to live their best life, was not because God wanted him to marry seven women and have ten concubines and eat the best of food and wear the best of clothes. David knew that the only reason why God established him was because of the people Israel. Do you know why God is blessing you? The four leopards knew that if this good news, they knew that the only reason why the camp was empty, even though they did not know why the camp became empty or why there was no one there, but for some strange reason, they knew that this good thing that we have seen is not for our stomach. And I love them. They ate and they drank and they went to hide some. But they realized that no, if God wanted to just feed them, God would not have given them a whole camp. If it is just about yourself, you see, one day my mom made a statement. We were talking about something, and she was like, Oh, if it is just about what you eat and drink and wear, yeah, I would have stopped working long time ago. She made a statement like that. That if it's just about the food that we eat every day, the clothes you wear, where we sleep, and all those things, like she would have retired when she was like 40 years old. But there was something more to her existence than just herself. She knew that I must give my children the best life. She knew I must do this, I must do that. Because a good man lives an inheritance not just for himself, not just for his children, but his children's children. So she knew that the reason why God had given her this opportunity was not just to make life comfortable for herself, for her children, but even her children's children. And if only you know, which sometimes is true, if only these people who have been given access to resources and opportunities know that the reason why they are there how much will you eat? And see, because they don't know this thing, they end up living a frivolous life without even knowing it. They end up living a wasteful life. Sometimes you look at, I remember, I read somewhere that, why would you give a child, let's say an iPhone 13, somebody who is like eight years old or nine years old or whatever, why, like, what, I, I remember when I was talking to a parent sometimes, and was saying that her son, she has only one son, has about three PlayStation 5 had about two laptops and about three mobile phones. Why? You see, because they think life is just about themselves. So their resources look too much for them. But these four lepers knew that if God was just thinking about feeding us, he would have cleared the whole army. He would have just given us some one tenth be or he would have made it who have mercy upon us and feed us. Life is not just about you and your stomach. May you know this thing. It's the reason why you must work hard. This is the reason why you must burn the midnight candle. This is the reason why you must pray to be anointed. You must spend time to be anointed. This is the reason why you must invest in knowing God. Because it's not just about you. Generations yet unborn are dependent on the investment you are making in having a fellowship and a relationship with God. I always give this example. Can you imagine the soul that would have perished if Mr. Billy Graham did not respond to the call of God. Can you imagine the lives of people who would have gone to hell if Papa John Wesley did not make the strides he made in their ministry? If it was just about him going to heaven and his family going to heaven, John Wesley wouldn't have worried himself. And you see, the reason why some of you are so comfortable and lackadaisical and passive in life is because you think life is just about you securing that job. That's why for most of us, we are not motivated in life. Because frankly speaking, after you get the job, you get a decent accommodation, you do your maths, and maybe next in about two years' time, you can buy a decent car, you can marry. There's nothing else to live for. 
and what you leave for is that okay now my wife should or my husband should also have a car our children all of them by university or by secondary school they will have a car they will travel to if that's all that that, that, that would be a problem for god but the reason why god is anointing you the reason why god is blessing you immensely the reason why god is calling you into a deeper work with him is not because of you and your family alone and as god told abraham is that because through you the generations of the world will be blessed ha ah, i love this whole thing I'm tempted to keep talking about it but let's spend some time in prayer. We just want to tell God that the heart of these four leopards oh the heart of these four leopards father give us this heart. Father we pray in the name of Jesus that the wisdom of these four leopards that the disposition of these four leopards we pray for the grace that was upon their life. We pray for the wisdom that they operated by. We pray for the quality of good decisions. Some of us we are able to take good decisions. Look at the people we are dating and the people we are dating. We are incapable of making right decisions. But even people with leprosy, they knew how to take a good decision. Father, we pray that every spirit, everything that is causing us to take foolish decisions in life, Father, we pray that you will deal with it now in the name of Jesus. We pray for the wisdom of these four leopards. We pray for the hearts of these four leopards. We pray for the attitude of these four leopards. We pray for the value system. of these four leopards we pray lord that we will have the same kind of friends as these four leopards father give us friends like these four leopards people with the same value system people that value honesty people that value punctuality people that value diligence people that value selflessness people that value a conscience ruled by the holy spirit father bless us with such friends in the name of our lord jesus because we know that he who works with the wise shall be wise we know that a companion of fools shall be destroyed we don't want to become fools deliver us not from fools deliver us from the company of wicked and unreasonable men in the name of our lord jesus amen at the gate of samaria were four incredible leopards regardless of their condition there was more to them than their leopard skin and this is going to work to us that if only we could keep our eyes on Jesus and could pay the price to have a conscience ruled by the holy spirit people may look at you and say ah was this not the girl was this not the boy were this not the leopards but God used four leopards to change the economy of a nation and may God do the same to us in respect of our limitations of our skin of our nationality of our education in the name of our Jesus and wow we thank God the word of God is so sweet and I'm believing God that you are growing with us remember that we are still giving God that God changed we are still giving God our very best and we are making every effort that we would all know man nothing but love See you next week as we begin another interesting. I'm loving this year. I'm loving 2022. I'm loving it. See you next week and bye bye.